the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Yes, it is, and welcome back. Monday, December 20th, 2021. Let me give the number right off the top, 602-508-0960. Feel free to uh, use that number to uh, call in and uh, contribute, uh, disagree, whatever you want to do. Add something to the conversation or to a point that has already been conversed. I was, uh, as I mentioned earlier, at the Turning Point USA America Fest uh, in downtown Phoenix um, this morning uh, with uh, some of my colleagues here. And uh, fabulous turnout, my gosh. Something like 10,000 people there to hear conservative speakers. It reminded me, you know what I was looking for? I was looking for media. I was looking for something more than conservative media. I was at a um, store yesterday where I buy pants, and uh, I was talking to the uh, the owner, and um, he happens to be a conservative, and we were um, talking with a third party who was introduced to me as a fellow conservative, and we were talking about the media, and one of the things I said, nothing new to you probably, and they agreed with it too, is how hard it we were talking about how hard it is to talk facts with people and have civil political conversations and how much worse it's gotten etc cetera, etc cetera, etc cetera. and i was pointing out that you know it's part there's 10 layers to this but one of the thick layers to this is that the left or even liberals very rarely really have any concept of what it is we actually believe they really have a caricature of us in their head that is based on nothing but third-party material, which is usually liberal or left-wing material. CNN, Washington Post, you name it, Arizona Republic. Um, the opposite is, is, is impossibly untrue. It's untrue for two reasons. One is that we tend to be a little bit more curious about the other side. We tend to want to engage in debate um, a little bit more seriously than the other side. So we kind of tend to be much more aware of what the other side is thinking. We read their stuff. But even more so than we reading their stuff is their stuff is unavoidable. We can't help but know what they're about because they're everywhere. When you run the culture, and that includes the news as well as academics as well as you name it, sports, every professional athletic association, you name it. When they run all that, it's impossible not to know that the air you're breathing and the water you're swimming in is left liberal water and air. It's impossible not to. Um, it's not as if Fox News is running the culture. It's not as if Fox News is the dominant news narrative. Or for that matter, Newsmax or any other conservative website that you might like, Powerline, Washington Examiner, whatever it may be. It's just not. 
Those are what you might call dissenting points of view or conservative points of view, if you will. And they don't read them. They don't take us seriously because they don't think they have to. They think they know what we think. A good example of it, a good example of it is what I read earlier about the 1968 presidential race. People thinking George Wallace was a conservative. He wasn't. And Bill Buckley exposed him on firing line in the 60s as nothing more than a racist FDR left winger who wanted as much spending and as much uh, government subvention for his state as possible. And, you know, if you go to Wikipedia, I was looking up I, – I, I, I usually start with Wikipedia and then hunt down the links from there on, on certain things. But you learn a lot because Wikipedia is where other people start and don't hunt down the links or they just go with the narrative. This this is an amazing thing to me that is is evidence of <laughs> evidence of my larger point. Um, listen, listen to this. Listen to this sentence. Uh, Humphrey's ideas and image in the South were hurt leading to prominent conservative Democratic governor of Alabama, George Wallace, to mount a third-party challenge to defend racial segregation. Wallace led a far-right American independent party, attracting socially conservative voters throughout the South and encroaching further support from white working-class voters in the industrial Midwest who were attracted to Wallace's economic populism. In doing so, Wallace split the Democratic vote against Humphrey, allowing Republican nominee Richard Nixon to win the presidency. That is a, at best, non sequitur. How do you have, in their words, a far-right and conservative candidate who, as a third party, cuts into the vote of the Democrat Hubert Humphrey? The racism, the segregation... The hardness and hard-heartedness of George Wallace had nothing to do with the right or conservatism. It was a throwback to a part of the Democratic Party that never gave up on segregation. Who do you think the governor was when Eisenhower sent in the 101st Airborne to desegregate the schools? Who do you think the governors were when the U.S. Marshals had to walk ruby bridges to school in the first and second grade. They weren't far right and they weren't conservative. They were racist Democrats. Far right conservatives do not cut into the Democratic candidate's margin of votes or election, especially when that candidate is Hubert Humphrey. But this is this is this is the narrative, the caricature, the burlesque of the conservative movement. They never read what what we say. They never take anything we say seriously, which may be part and parcel of how they get away with uh, lionizing uh, and apotheosizing people like Barry Goldwater and Ronald Reagan and Bob Dole and pick your Bill Buckley, pick pick any conservative or Republican you want who's retired, no longer in electoral or fighting office, and passes away. What did they say about him and them when they were alive? What did they say about him? 
reading a uh, reading a book about Goldwater. Walter Ruther, you've heard me talk about what the press said about Goldwater in '64. Walter Ruther, Ruther was um, the head of the United Auto Workers uh, for many years. He was, uh, oh. I think probably in some respects even more famous than Jimmy Hoffa in his day. And he gave a speech calling Barry Goldwater, and I'm quoting, mentally unbalanced, America's number one political fanatic and a peddler of of class hatred. That was the kind of stuff they said about Republicans in those days, as they say about them in these days. Larger point. I was at the America Fest today, and to prove... It. I was looking for media. I was looking for press. Who was covering this outside of, you know, conservative news organizations, outside of your, you know, Newsmaxes and Fox Newses, etc. Where was it? Where, you know, here's a major gathering of conservatives, some elected officials, some journalists, some think tank types, some whose last name was Trump. Where were – did they have – now, part of me says I'm kind of glad because it would have been a negative story anyway. <laughs> we, we did an event. I think it actually was a debate-watching event in 2015 here at one of the movie theaters we rented out to watch the debate and talk about it. And the only, uh, the only outlet that covered it was the New Times, the Phoenix New Times. And the whole story was about how the theater smelled. Yeah, uh, yeah, that, that, I don't know. It, it, it was – there's the problem of, 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 of left-wing journalism and then there's the problem of idiot journalists, you know, people that just don't know how to write a story or look for what they're supposed to look for. And then there's the problem of the New Times, which is not journalism in the first place. But one of the um, – one of the interesting things about it was not only were there, you know, speakers and journalists and think tank types and elected officials, there were candidates running for office. And uh, I ran into one of them, uh, someone who's been on this show before, Cherise Sapir. She's running for superintendent. I sat down with her for a few minutes. We'll play that interview in a few minutes. Um, but I also I have to tell you, you know what 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 one of the things that was interesting to me was you know, you had 10,000 people there all in good spirits and so on and so forth. You would not know that there are cities in complete panic over Omicron. You tell me what's healthier. You tell me what's healthier. We just got a news report last week that the J&J vaccine has led to nine deaths. The vaccine itself, after we weren't allowed to talk about that sort of thing, we just learned that. It's led to nine. Actually, the CNN story says a minimum of nine, possibly more. Everyone's shutting down and panicking about Omicron. Zero deaths in the United States, seven total in the world. That would be a 28% more deaths by J&J than Omicron. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. We'll get to uh, everything I mentioned uh, previously. I want to uh, take your calls. You're always the most important voice, but... I do have to say this, put this out there for those of you that may have missed it. Uh, Bette Midler, you know, the actress, she was actually profiled on CBS over the weekend. But uh, Bette Midler writes on Twitter, what Joe Manchin, who represents a population smaller than Brooklyn, has done to the rest of America 
who wants to move forward, not backward, like his state, is horrible. He sold us out. He wants us all to be just like his state, West Virginia, poor, illiterate, and strung out. You know our friend uh, Bacha Unger Sargon? She had a great response. Maybe West Virginians don't trust the side who thinks they're poor, illiterate, and strung out to be the best judge of their interests, economic or otherwise. Just a thought. Just a thought. Uh, more to say, and I want to play you a couple of my interviews from America's America Fest. But first, Josh and Gilbert. Hello, Josh. Hey, Seth. Thanks for taking my call. Merry Christmas to you. Merry Christmas to you. Thank you, sir. Uh, just real quick on Biden's speech tomorrow. Apparently, I guess he's giving on COVID again. Um, I think my buddy Mike, who I have to give a shout out in Florida, said the, had a, what I think was the quote of the year when we were talking about this was, uh, uh, the NBA is running out of vaccinated players, so they're now asking unvaccinated players to fill in part-time. <laughs> uh, which, of course, is the, which, of course, is the story of you know, Kyrie Irving. Yeah. Um, they asked him to... You know, come back and play but you can only quote play in cities blah 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 so i thought i told mike at the time i was like i just i was dying laughing but it i i'm, I'm listen i'm sure that being vaccinated helps if you get it and stuff like of that of course but it does but it doesn't it stop anything and we don't know if it's effective against omicron we have yet to see that study yeah, it, it, it just seems completely asinine at this point. And then, you know, even today on CNN, he sent me a clip of a guy saying, well, it's not really a booster. It's actually a three-dose vaccine now. Yeah. So it's like, you know, the amount of goalposts changing, it's just so ridiculous. And my buddy Mike is by far no hardcore conservative like we are or anything. But I, I just, listen, we live in a blessed state. Luckily, we don't have to deal with this garbage. But, I mean, come on, this this is so ridiculous and then to tell people they're basically going to die this winter if they don't get it it's just it's just crazy well josh this was what i might call a perfect call you opened up with a nice greeting mentioning a national holiday that too many people are afraid to talk about you made me laugh by saying something funny which had a huge element of truth in it which is the mark of all good humor and uh, and you and you made a smart point along the way yeah, they don't know. Look, Anthony Fauci said over the weekend to CNN, unfortunately, he's talking to Jake Tapper. Uh, unfortunately, yep. Jake, uh, I think that is going to happen. What? That we are going to expect new, rec new high record numbers of cases, hospitalizations and death. Anthony Fauci is saying we are going to have record high numbers of hospitalizations and deaths. We'll see. We'll see. As of right now, the doctor who first discovered it in South Africa said we are way overreacting. And right now, I, I want to stay on this just a second, Josh. Isn't, isn't the hesitancy more explained by the fact that we have a really hard time believing government officials who keep telling us things that turn out to be not true? And the latest is... The latest is this J&J &J vaccine. There used to be three vaccines you were to get. One of three. One of three. Moderna, Pfizer, or J&J. &J. They have now, as of a week ago, not even a week ago, they have now, as of Thursday, said no, not J&J, &J, just Moderna and Pfizer. Well, that's a heck of a big shift, for one. But two, the reason is J&J &J isn't providing protection. Worse, it's creating this... In so many cases, more cases than they expected, they they tell us, it's it's creating a condition that has led 
to a minimum of nine deaths. Now, nine may not seem like a very big number, but how much coverage has there been of that study versus Omicron, which has didn't have nine deaths in the United States, has had seven deaths, 30% less, worldwide? How much coverage has there been of Omicron versus what the government got wrong for going on almost two years with Johnson & Johnson? Isn't our priority a little bit upside down? Isn't our coverage and concern a little bit inverted? And isn't our paranoia jacked up beyond all reason when we're willing to discount the big problem and focus on that which might not and likely won't take place? Right. I listen, just... I mean... I, yeah, go ahead. No, I understand. I, 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 listen, I work in healthcare, but I think any any human being since the dawn of man also knows that this time of year... Everyone gets a cold. Everyone gets a sniffle. It doesn't mean like this is the end of the world. And I think it really just comes down to, like I was telling my buddies, is they have no good economic data. I mean, like everything is just total crap for them right now. And this is the only thing they have to really use. So it just seems like they're just going to keep hammering this until it's And what if they, and what, what if they, let's hope obviously they turn out to be wrong. What if they are wrong? What will happen? What if Omicron is, as we originally learned, a more transmissible virus whose effects are much more uh, manageable and much, much, much less lethal than anything we've seen to date? What if what if that turns out to be the case, which we obviously hope it is, and they were wrong? There will be no accountability. There will be no apology. There will be no remuneration for the closed businesses. There will be no fixing the children that were yanked out of school again. There will be no let up on students having to eat their lunches in the cold with dividers or the mask mandates or the vaccine mandates, even where we don't know it touches Omicron. We just don't know. What if they turn out to be wrong? You know what will happen? Zero. Nothing. No accountability. We're just supposed to follow them in fear every time they cry wolf. Right. Yeah, I'm still still waiting for someone to be fired over the Afghanistan thing, and that's obviously not going to happen. No, it's not. um, No, the only person who got fired was the truth teller. That's what happens. They only it's it's um, there's an there's an old book, uh, an, an old book, Enemy of the People. And uh, it's 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 an old uh, an old Ibsen, uh, uh, Henrik Ibsen novel about the one man who gets in trouble is the only one who was right and speaking truth to power. That's an interesting phrase. Truth to power. What does that mean these days? Truth to power. It's an odd thing when Democrats who have the power <laughs> keep telling us they're talking truth to power. What power? Corporate interests? They have the corporations. Media interests? They have the media. Intellectual academic interests? They have it. Government? They have When they talk telling truth to power, understand what they're trying to do. They're trying to flood the zone and own the entire field. That's why... They can get away in a straight face by sit with a straight face by saying it was only one senator that killed the Build Back Better agenda. No, it wasn't just one senator. There were nigh 50 Republicans who had a vote, too. And, yeah, they're legitimate, too.
Welcome back. As I mentioned earlier, I was at uh, Turning Points America Fest earlier today in downtown Phoenix, catching up with some folks, running into some uh, old friends and making some new ones. One of the people uh, we ran into was Shiri Sapir. She's running for superintendent of public instruction. We sat down for just a few minutes. Here was my talk with her. Seth Liebson here broadcasting from America Fest 2021, a Turning Point USA event. And who did I run into but our next superintendent of public instruction, Shuri Sapir. Not her first time on this show, but the first time we've actually met in person. Yes. So it's great to see you here, Shuri. Thank you. What brings you here today? Well, uh, I just wanted to hear from some great conservatives. I actually really enjoyed seeing so many young conservative Republicans pouring in from all around the nation. So there is hope. You know, not all of them have been indoctrinated yet. So uh, it's actually been really great to, uh, to watch. I was talking to a student earlier. Now, she was from another state, but she was telling me her problems at her public school in the state of Washington. I worry very much about the kinds of stories she told me. She was saying that because she can't wear a mask for health reasons, the public school is not granting her any exceptions, and it's making her life quite miserable. Uh, I worry about that in our public education system, and I wonder what your thoughts are on that as someone who will very much, I hope, be in charge of our public in- instruction uh, situation here in Arizona. Thank you. Yes, I think they've added so many predicaments onto our kids throughout the last year and a half with the mandates, uh, their inability to express themselves, to talk, to speak, to smile. The uh, And actually what's fascinating is that throughout this time, as I'm going around the state and looking through uh, different classrooms and schools, a lot of the high schoolers actually prefer now to, even if they have an option of mask, they actually prefer to put a mask on. And I spoke to quite a few of them. And some of them flat out say, you know, I, I can hide my face. So I think a lot of uh, the the unintended consequence from this is going to be uh, our young children hiding behind the mask because they are so fearful. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of mental issues that are mm-hmm. coming yeah. through because yeah. of that massive mandate that, you know, years ago you would have never imagined as a kid to be forced to do that. And, and this, is, this really worries me, actually, that they uh, opt to put the mask on because for some reason they either got used to it. They, they, there's something, there's, you know, there's some psychological um, aspect to this that I don't know if somebody's looking and studying, but I'm sure we're going to find out some, some not, not some great stuff. From it's it. not a good conditioning. I was reminded um, recently that about three or four years ago, we were actually as a nation talking about anti-masking legislation, you know, because mm-hmm. of people at riots and so on and, exactly. and so forth. We were actually certainly the feminist movement, uh, particularly in, uh, in Muslim countries, was sure. doing an anti-masking or an anti-veiling campaign. It's an odd thing that we've accepted it so readily, even odder that the kids are now conditioned to it. I think yes. it's a terrible step. I think so, too. And that's exactly what you say. I, I often talk to people about how, as feminists, yeah. we thought that it was so demeaning yeah. for women. Dehumanizing, to, really, it right? It is dehumanizing. Right. And that's exactly the purpose right. of right. it. There's, there's, that's, the, that's the cultural right. reason uh, that they're doing this, uh, to silence them. They have no say. Um, and, and this is really this is really disturbing that we have adopted this as a society in 2021 in America. Yeah. Uh, which is supposed to be the the land of the free and the feminists. So, the legislature, the state legislature, if it wants to protect our children from vaccine mandates and from mask mandates, probably has to pass another round of legislation. I'm going to guess in the next session. 
when you become superintendent, would you be pushing for them to pass anti-masking and anti-vaccine legislation for our students? Oh, absolutely. I pray that it's going to happen way before I get into office Good. because I don't want this year to be uh, passing by without our kids free or having the option. It's going to be a disaster if we're going to have another year of this. I can't imagine what. Because there becomes a point at which it's too late yes. to really make the big difference that is necessary. Especially with vaccines. I yeah. mean, once you get it in, it's that's it's done. There so. is a point of no return to it. Yes, you can see I have none of my notes or anything with me. So, Sheree, give out your website. Give out your Twitter account for the audience. Sure. Thank you. It's uh, electsheriesapir.com. My name is spelled S-H-I-R-Y. S-A-P-I-R, electsherrysapir.com or at Sapir on Twitter. Uh, please follow the movement. This is about the kids and the kids alone, and we're going to be the, be the biggest advocate for them. Godspeed to you, Sherry. We'll do everything we can for Thank you. you. Thank, Thank you, sir. Thank you. You know, it's, it's not a throwaway line to say this is about the kids and the kids alone. You know why it's not a throwaway line? Because too many leaders in education talk about the people who pay their dues and their salaries, right? That's who they care about. That's who they care about. Think about, think about the head of the United Federation of Teachers, Albert Schenker, who said, when children start paying union dues, they'll be my first concern. Well, for Shiri, the children are already her first concern. I'm Seth Leibson. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. You know how we talked recently? We were talking about, I'm not sure if conservative boycotts actually work. We say we want to boycott companies like, I don't know, Coca-Cola or Nike. And I don't know that it ever works for a lot of reasons. Uh, this, and and, and, I, and I, I was theorizing that maybe it works better in the other direction where we do everything we can to actually support reverse boycott additionally support companies that do share our values. Well, I ran into a guy at America Fest um, who started a, a, a free app, Public Square, or Public SQ, I guess is the official name, Public SQ, um, that actually is trying to do that. Michael Seifert, I sat down with. Yeah, do you want to play this a second, Bill? I think it's worth knowing about. It's coming to Arizona, which is a good thing. One of the interesting uh, vendors and companies and co-sponsors of America Fest 2021 I ran into was Michael Seifert. He is the founder of an organization called Public Square. And we got to talking to him, and it relates to a lot of stuff we've been talking about on our show. Michael, introduce yourself to the audience. First time guest, I always do this. Tell the audience a little bit about yourself autobiographically, where you grew up, how you came to be doing what you're doing, and what Public Square is. Would love to. Thanks for having me. You bet. So my name is Michael Seifert. Like you mentioned, I am the CEO and founder of Public Square. I'm from San Diego, California. Uh, and California is a wild place to be starting what we're doing. Um, but we also have a lot of freedom fighters in California. We have a lot of people that love the truth, love freedom. Uh, we, we may feel outnumbered, but there's a, there's a mighty group of us in California. So it's a real, as much as it's got its faults, I really do love living there. I call it my home. Our whole team's based out of San Diego. I'm passionate about mobilizing local communities. That's always been what I'm driven by. Um, I really am a believer that 
all politics is local. Who's on your city council arguably matters a lot more to your daily life. Than who's, who's on your the, school board, yeah. we learned, right? Amen. Absolutely. Right. And, you know, you can take that all the way to the governor level. Yep. Florida and California are two totally different countries. Arizona and California, two different countries, yeah. really. And we're, we border each other. And so I've been inspired to, my whole life, really, but especially the last decade to mobilize local communities and build a national movement that way. Um, full of people that know their neighbors and can lock arms and stand for what's important to them. Public Square does, as far as enhancing communities and building communities and getting communities together, talk to us a little bit about to what ends and how you go about doing it. Yeah, I love technology. Um, I, I think it's obviously got pros and cons. But I love innovation, and I think that's really the way forward in solving a lot of the problems is, is innovating, getting really creative. Um, not to just become, you know, zombies with technology, but technology onto purpose, onto actual practical action in your communities. And so um, Public Square, the way that we do that is we're an app and a website that connects freedom-loving Americans in their local community with a few things. We connect them with all the other people that value freedom in their local community so that you can speak your mind in a censor-free manner. You can know that your privacy is being respected, and you can know that all the conversations you're having are in a local networking fashion, so you're dealing with the same issues that your neighbor's dealing with, and you guys can lock arms in that manner. We also connect these freedom-loving Americans with all the business that share their values. So every single business you'll see on Public Square, we have a marketplace on the app. All of those businesses have agreed with our set of values. They've agreed to respect your freedoms, to love and uphold the Constitution of the United States. They love our country, stand for liberty. It's really special. So we take these businesses through a vetting process of both quality and their values so that consumers can know that for every single interaction they're having in the marketplace, they're doing it in alignment with their freedom values. See, this is fascinating to me. I was speculating on air. Maybe you know. I was speculating on air that as a conservative movement, we've had challenges and problems when we engage in boycotts. It's hard. Let's boycott Coke. Let's boycott Nike. It's really hard because, first of all, the, co the companies are so conglomerated anyway, you don't even know if you're buying Coke products. True. Or Great point. Yep. The other thing is it's hard because of their of their product, uh, you know, saturation. But I did wonder about whether the opposite might be more beneficial for us. Let's start sponsoring and spending our dollars with companies we do know we support. Like a lot of people lately have been in favor of doing what they can for Southwest Airlines, let's say. Totally. And it sounds like you're kind of picking up on a little bit of that, that dry cleaner, that you name it, that coffee shop. Is that? Am I picking up on that a little bit? Absolutely. We get asked pretty often, hey, do you guys have a blacklist? Uh -huh. Do you have a list of businesses right. not to support? And we say... There are some organizations that do. That's not really right, our thing. Right. We'd rather show you the businesses that you can feel confident in supporting. We're very hopeful. We want that hopeful message to be the way forward. And so, you know, we had a coffee shop in San Diego last summer in June that right after the George Floyd riots, they refused to serve police officers the entire month of June. Unbelievable. It was heartbreaking. There's also a coffee shop a mile away that stayed open during COVID. Preston loves our men and women in law enforcement. They love our military. It's run by a veteran. And so we say, you know what, rather than highlighting that coffee shop um, that doesn't respect our values, let's spend all of our time promoting this other you one. Bet. And so what we actually asked some of our businesses to do is we said, hey, if you guys can give a discount to Public Square members, that would just be the extra mile. Um, so we actually have coffee shops like the one I just mentioned that do stand for freedom. They give you 10% off every time you come in the door. It's phenomenal. So you can actually know that you're spending money in alignment with your values and have incentive to do it. I love and that's that. the way we kind of change that economy into an economy we can all be proud of supporting. Are you in Arizona now? 
are you coming to Arizona? Coming in Arizona right. very early in 2022, just right. a matter of weeks now. We're heading nationwide. We've launched in California. We've had a phenomenal, phenomenal user base grow of people that are loving the app, businesses that are enjoying it, and we're bringing it to Arizona in just a few weeks. Uh, people want to learn more about you. What do they do? Where do they go? Absolutely. So you can head to publicsq.com. You can also download the app on the App Store wherever you are right now or on Google Play. We're on Android and iOS. Uh, you can join our waitlist there. So you'll get all the updates about when we're coming to your area. We'll show you business previews. We'll share testimonies of how the app has gone so far and get people hyped and ready to go for when we're in their area. Will you stay close? Because I want to help you and I want to be one of the stations your people know. It'd be fantastic. Share their It would be an honor. It would be an honor. God Thank bless you. you, sir. God bless you as well. Thank you. Thank Merry, you. Christmas. Merry Christmas. You know what's interesting about Michael Seifert is his energy. I loved what he said. We provide technology with a purpose. What's a, What an important thing. There's a lot in that sentence. I know a lot of parents have different thoughts about technology, and it can be used for good or for ill, like money, like a lot of things. Um, but that's a pretty good question to ask when your child is wanting to download a new app or go on a new site. What is the purpose of this technology? Is it entertainment? Is it good entertainment? Is it education? Technology with a purpose. Boy, you know the feeling when you find a, a store you use or a company you go to that shares you. You know how good that feels. Public Square is about to blow that up so you have a lot more options. Blow it up is the wrong expression. Expand. <laughs> Expand it so you have a lot more options. We hope we're one of those companies for you in this town. We'll be right back. Welcome back, and uh, thanks for spending some of your day with us. It means a ton. I, uh, I've been toying with an idea. I don't know if I can get it off the ground or if it's a good one. But do you remember when you went to school, you had these anthologies, the Norton Anthology or some other of literature or short stories or poetry, poems? I was thinking of doing an anthology of maybe 20, 25, 30 uh, books important to um, the West, the conservative movement, uh, literature and uh, political writings and uh, giving you know the best selections from them, including an introductory essay. I don't know if, if I can get this off the ground or if it's a good idea. It's one I'm toying with. Obviously, Whitaker Chambers' book, Witness, will have to be one of them. And I just wanted to give you an idea of how talented this man was. Yes, yes, negative and cynical, and we have to fight against this. But just way with words. William Buckley invited him to join the uh, editorial staff of National Review when he founded National Review. And Buckley – and when Chambers said why, and, and Buckley said – why, to save the West, of course. Chambers wrote him in a letter, It is idle to talk about preventing the wreck of Western civilization. It is already a wreck from within. That is why we can hope to do little more now than snatch a fingernail of a saint from the rack or a handful of ashes from the sticks and bury them secretly in a flower pot against the day, ages hence, when a few men begin again to dare to believe that there was once something else. That something else is thinkable and needs some evidence of what it was and the fortifying knowledge that there were those who at the great nightfall took loving thought to preserve that token of hope and truth. Well, we do it here every day. Isn't that beautiful, though? Beautiful writing. Hope and truth. Let's preserve both. Thanks for spending some of your day with us again. Until tomorrow, God bless you all and class dismissed.
Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.